Maybe it, maybe it's a follow-on to the uh, to our last podcast, and maybe we call it, we title it, like, Get Off Your Lazy Ass and Hit the Road or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you <laughs> What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, but, but, but no, the, okay. But that's sort of that's a different way of saying what you were saying. Welcome to the intro. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. This is the good cop portion of the episode. It is. Welcome, Metacasters. This is a follow-on, a continuation of our What to Do When You're in a Challenging Situation episode, the last one. And we thought we left a few open holes that we just wanted to fill. So we tried to go 100% bad cop. And Josh clearly did that. We were fine. We were doing great. And then you made a joke. Like thirty seconds in, uh, and the I, bad cop facade. I did, just disappeared I did instantly. The, I lost it. I when you know, this happens a lot with you. I think it's your <laughs> fault. I just start this laughing, this uncontrolled laughing. Yeah, it's always good when you start going. Oh no! Oh no! No, it's like because I can't help it. I can't stop. I can't stop. Uh, okay, so. but laughing aside. Um, this is a follow on what mm-hmm. to do when you're in challenging situations. So this is part two. I didn't say duh. Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> you so were waiting for the duh. <laughs> I'm so glad. You this did. is part two of the last episode. I think they dovetail. I yeah. I really do. I don't think there was a lot of redundancy. Nope. This is more. The last one was softer and more constructive and more tactical. This one is more of a call to arms, Josh. Don't you think? I agree. Yeah. Okay. Bad cop, Bob. Onto the episode. Onto the episode. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Bob Galen, and I'm Bad Cop Josh Anderson. I'm Bob the Hitman Galen, and this is Josh the Weasel Anderson. We were. Why am I the Weasel? <laughs> that's that's so unfair. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Well, and here's the hard part. We set out to have this be the 100% bad cop episode, and here we are. (laughs) It doesn't mean a bad cop can't laugh every once in a while. (laughs) Oh, oh. Metacasters. So, Josh, our episode. Yeah. This is a follow-on from our last... Our last one was... um, Leaving the nest. Leaving the nest. Knowing when it's time to leave the nest and some tools on how to make that happen. To how to make that happen. And this is a follow-on to it. You and I were talking in the uh, in, in our prep. I think we were too easy the last time or mm-hmm. we're too soft. And, um, and so this episode, we want to be a little harder on folks, right? We want to be a little bit more bad copying on folks. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we were talking about you – you know, the entry was, uh, uh, we talked to a lot of people, um, and a couple of, of Metacast regular listeners will remain nameless to protect the innocent, mm-hmm. but they're, you know, they're always, there's a lot of complaining about leaders, mm-hmm. right? And complaining upward. 
And, you know, the, the, it's always the, the, the complaint, the whining is always, they suck. They're not agile. Uh, how do we fix them? Mm-hmm. Um, why, why can you even brought it up? Can we bring Bob and Josh in to talk to them? Mm-hmm. And I think there's, I'm getting tired of looking up. I mean, you and I have walked through in our careers in the Medicast. How many? I mean, we we have are clearly empathetic to bad leadership. Mm-hmm. What? But what about like lack of spine in in employees that just don't don't step up and take personal accountability for their their own happiness? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to talk in this episode. I don't want to blame leaders. How do we challenge people who aren't stepping up to the plate? And taking action, and year after year they complain. I, in the last one I talked about, Joan did that. Mm-hmm. Remember Joan? Joan, who remained, whose last name will remain. I almost, Joan. I almost blurted it out. Joan complained I, I, about everything. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think the Medicasters have to step up to the plate somehow and get off their ass and do something about it. Uh, and I think that actually will get the attention of leaders at some point. I yeah. mean, if if there's attrition, and on the exit interviews or whatever, if people are being honest, it won't it won't save it for you know whoever's there the first exeter. Mm-hmm. But at some point, the organization have, would have to be moronic not to get the not to get the notion that all the good people were leaving. Mm-hmm. So how do we motivate? We, we need these folks to get off their ass. How do we how do we do that? How do we have personal accountability to stop complaining and to do something about it? So I go back to when you and I first started working together a decade ago. And you saw it faster than I did. I I still had this starry-eyed I can change everyone view. And what I learned over time is that the effort and energy required to transform somebody, especially in a leadership position, it wasn't worth my time and energy. So I then, with every career move I've made, has been to improve the leadership within the company. And now it's just, okay, now I'm the leader. Um, so at w- what I did along the path was I watched, listened, and learned and had this mental checklist of what a agile leader looked like to me. And I made sure that the next set of leaders that I went and worked with had fewer of those symptoms than the previous ones. And ultimately my goal was to find it where there weren't any, and we were aligned perfectly. I never got there. I, I felt like I got pretty close. And I actually think, one of the places where I spend most of my time now, I think they're pretty darn close. And that's really exciting to see good leaders that get it. But it took me iterating six times since then on learning, understanding how to figure out those signs before I agreed to come on board to make sure that when I started, I didn't overlook something. So to me, it wasn't iteration of i had to learn you had learned you had been down that path before it's that not, i had you know what i want to i'm not challenging what you said but i think there's the learning there's the leadership you brought up the leadership learning side and mm-hmm. i get that but there's also the get up off your ass and 
and leave yeah. side of things. Right. I mean, the shortest tenure I've had in my career was four days, mm-hmm. four to five days. Right. I detected that they lied to me in the interview, like around day day one and a half two. Mm-hmm. I think I talked to my boss to to clarify. Uh, my new my new boss didn't know him from Adam. Right. In like day three, had a heart to heart. Realized that he was yanking my chain. Uh, I didn't have again what a premise. I wasn't infinitely wealthy. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a big bank account at the time. I think I was still paying child support, mm-hmm. so had responsibilities. But it's like day four. I'm like they wanted me to whack an entire team and replace them with offshore to do something that was really against my character. Right. And I'd gone in the door like right. with high hopes. Right. So high hopes mm-hmm. in freaking less than a week. Down to I had to compromise my principles right. in order to keep the paycheck going, and maybe that maybe I'm an argument for being stupid. But I walked out the door. I mm-hmm. resigned on day like three and a half, four. Friday was my last day, right. and I left them uh, without a job. I mean, I had just I had just jumped to them. Now that's my shortest, but I, so there's the detection side. There's also the the. You know, I'm in the right place or the wrong place. You, we've talked about you being a terror data, mm-hmm. and you know, I detected angst, and you detected the same angst, and you stayed there what two years longer or something, or at least three years, yeah. you know, somewhere. And again, I'm not, but it's like, how? What's the key to to getting up off your butt? Like the independent side of it. Forget the boss. Mm-hmm. Like detection is good, but what if what if we had a bad day? What if we didn't tell what what why aren't folks just doing the bob? Am I am I odd? Am I weird? What does Well Yes, yes. I, but I, I I know I am, but And you disagreed, but I'll disagree with your disagreement. I to me I I hadn't learned that who these people were was who they were. So you were so hopeful. Yeah. So you saw the lighter side of it. It was less hopeful and more self-confidence that I can fix this. Ah, okay. That To me, that's what it was, was I can fix this. Now we hit something. Yeah. So I I lost that youthful yeah. <laughs> star to, in my right, eye. Yeah. And, 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 okay. Right. And, and 10 years later, I'm coaching people and I'm in Bob's shoes. Okay. And, and I see it. And I, and I've, to, I, when I talk to these people, I say, Bob did the same thing to me 10 years ago. Okay. All right. I he 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 saw it. I didn't. He was trying to teach me. I didn't want to see it. I was hard headed. I was stubborn. He saw it. He was out. He told me. He told me. He told me. But I again, it was that I can do this. I can change this. And then I learned over that period of two or three years after you left that holy crap, these people are who they are. So so that, so, so that acceptance. Yeah. That reading the tea leaves. And acceptance, and then not trying to change things, and then either making so making a decision, yeah, right. So you stayed with the hope that you would, or whatever, with the conviction that you could make it better. Yeah. It was an expectation, and right. then it just wore me down, right. And I still was seeing change, but I also started to track the effort and energy required to drive continual change, and it was getting exponentially harder. And I chose to focus my efforts elsewhere where they would be not rewarded, but where, where that transformation would happen more willingly. 
And right. Because it just got to where I just felt like I was just ramming my head against the wall. And, right. And I, you know, I am the guy that I, I will ram my head against the wall until it bloodies until, and when I get that one, one chip to come off the wall, I get a smile on my face and I'll keep doing that and doing that. But it became to where I kept doing it and there were no chips coming off the wall. And I finally realized what it was and what I was fighting against and it wasn't worth my time. And energy. So was that the number one thing keeping you there was, so it wasn't fine. Financial was right. So financial was a factor, Yeah, but, but the not, number one thing keeping you there in reflection, and this makes sense to me was your feeling that you could fix it. Yeah. It was a challenge. Yeah. It was a problem yeah. to solve. Oh wow. Yeah. It was me. See, I've been, I've been separated from that for, yeah. I'm, no, no, I, I was there. But I've, I haven't been there for like 20, 30 years or so. So I, now I'm getting it. Yeah. Just, just, just the times that we would have talks and you would look at me like, you silly kid, you know, because I had this like, Bob, we're going to do it. This is how we're going to do it. And, and, and you had been through enough to be able to connect the dots and understood and, and you knew it wasn't going to happen. I had to go through and figure that out. And well, well, we talk in the Metacast to so many people. I mean, not yeah. billions, but we get this on on your stream mm-hmm. on you, on the Kazi the stream. Yeah, you, the, I've seen the same discussions of folks are struggling in their organizational cultures, and yeah. they're struggling. A lot of people struggle with their organizational leaders. Yeah, and they're they're in that same trap. I'm not trying to create a, an outflux, but it's like. You're not going to change stuff, right? Right, and then they look. Folks are looking for like guidance from us. Very often, it's not guidance. So you know, they might couch it with, "What do I do next?" Yeah, but it's really they're trying to fix the current situation. Yeah, and, I mean, th- this this talk was uh, created through us discussing and me reflecting on the stream we had on Friday, where it came to a situation like this, where my recommendations fell down to. Hire somebody like Bob or Josh or leave. And it's that simple. And then I think people think we're joking sometimes or we might even laugh. Yeah. But but it's actually not funny. It's really that. It's like vote with your feet. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate. It's sad. It's unfortunate. It's risky uh, depending on how you've built up your, your brand and your resume and your track record. It could be scary. But if you're miserable mm-hmm. – it's it's either get an external intervention or get the hell out of there right. is is the is the default answer like get up off your chair and and get out of there and and i have left places in the not too recent past where my goal with leaving was to affect change for the people that remained i felt like if i left and i gave the exit interview everything i had which i did it would affect things in a positive manner. And it did. It took some time, but it did. It made a difference. What's well, a message yeah. instead of tolerating it? I mean, I've done the same. I mean, I'm just a straight shooter. I've been a straight shooter. I, I said it to that guy. I'm like, I, I didn't sign up for this. Right. I, it's, it's against my, it's against my principles. I am not going to like whack people for you or for mm-hmm. anyone. Mm-hmm. Not if I don't, right. If I haven't been part of this decision making process. So, uh, and I'm walking and he was incredulous. Uh, but he, but he eventually was fired. Actually, yeah, right, right. He was eventually not. I don't think directly. It wasn't a one-to-one correspondence. It's accumulation. But it was an accumulation of this guy is really running his department very, very badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than us sitting there and and you know sort of doing that Joan thing 
of we complain, we complain. The the other thing I would say is part of the bad cop is if you're not willing to leave, then stop freaking complaining. You, you know, it's like then then conform. I'm I'm waiting to see how you react. I'm like then shut up. Then if they want you to work 18 hours of over of overtime then suck it up and do I mean that's not what I want you to do. Yeah. But but being in this place where my my ass is super glued to the chair and my mouth is complaining incessantly and I'm trying to change it but it's not changing. Well then like shut up, right? You're then you're in hell <laughs> or whatever you want yeah. to go. You've you've sort of you've nested in hell. Uh enjoy it. Yeah, it, it, so it, it's interesting. My initial reaction I just didn't know how to react to that because I can't do that. Like I, 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 I can't whatever. I just couldn't do that. Right. I, I, you asked my wife, it came up this weekend. I opened my mouth up. Like I can't, I can't. Um, and, and something in parallel with this weekend, I, m- my son plays baseball and it's a bunch of 12 year olds and we're trying to get them to learn that they have to go make things happen. They are waiting for everything to fall in their lap and magically happen as opposed to going and making it happen, having an attitude of we are going to make this win happen. Not, hey, if things go our way, we're going to go get a win. It's, okay, boys, you have to learn and understand that it's not going to just be given to you. So for the same people in a situation like this, you're not going to stumble into a new job that's going to make you happier. You're going to have to go do it. If you wait for it, you're going to have to take Bob's advice and just zip your lip because you're going to be complaining for the rest of your life. You have to go and find a way to get out of there. All those things you said, yes, it's scary. Is it risky? Yes. But fast forward your life five years. Is that where you want to be? Right. Do you want to be, I mean, and it's to your point, it's, there's the personal impact it has as well because you're miserable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to nest in a really bad place, no matter how you are. The more introverted you, we're lucky that we're, we're sort of rambunctious mm-hmm. and we can get it out. Mm-hmm. Imagine that you're a quiet introvert and just stewing in your own juices for five right. years. I mean, this is unhealthy. This has internal health implications or relationship health implications, mm-hmm. right? You have to, you have to do something about it. The other part of this is I always hear, you know, I want to, I want to hit on the Bob and Josh, bring Bob and Josh in. I think that's a cop out to some degree as well. It's like, oh, I can't say it. So I'll have to, or they're not listening to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have to bring in an outsider. And I mean, I have, I've had people yeah. like prep me in a meeting. Right. Oh, yeah. Me too. Like, like I'm sure yeah. you, right. You, you're, you're the bad cop. Yeah. Right. Here's what I'd like you to say. Yeah. And then when we go into the meeting, this, this person is sitting there quietly with a smile on their face. Right. Right. They're just acting like they're, they're perfectly happy, et cetera. And I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking how incongruent is that? Right. Where's your backbone? I mean, it's not just a me thing. Mm-hmm. They won't even chime in. I'm not even expecting them to chime, but they, you would think that if they had half a backbone, they would like chime in a little bit, but it's no, it's like, you know, this is Bob's thing. Mm-hmm. And if he gets steamrolled, so be it. Right. Uh, right. I'm just using him as a puppet. Um, and I, I sometimes do that, 
But I don't know if that's the answer. These folks have to step up to that as well. Yeah. I mean, we're not the oracles of truth. I mean, it's we we're just more <clears throat> experienced and talented at telling the truth. But if you if that leader doesn't if they hear it from us and they yeah. don't hear a resounding, so we can we can amplify internal stuff if they're hearing it. But if mm-hmm. if we say something in a vacuum and they're not yes. hearing anything right. from like no there's no spine in the organization mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. I know I'm a, I'm a little feisty Medicare's no, but that but but there's no spine. That's right. Yeah. Then then they just oh that's just Bob Galen. He's a freaking old curmudgeon and I mean we heard that, but that's not I'm not hearing any I'm not hearing any sort of addendum to that, so we're not going to change. But that strikes a chord because the most effective consultant engagements I've been a part of, either as a customer or, or as the consultant, has been when that firm or person comes in and affirms what's already happening as opposed to is the one making the statement about this is the change that needs to happen. I've seen it work really well when there's a third party brought in and they look at everything and say, yeah, you should do that. And then the leaders go, oh, yep, okay, that's what we thought we should do. Cool, thanks. As opposed to, whoa, you're coming in and telling us we need to go left instead of right? I, You know, you don't understand what's going on here. You right. don't have the full view of what's happening. So thanks, here's your money, now go yeah, away. Exactly. But exactly. when it does align, then that's when it really It works. amplifies. But it requires that backbone to have already queued it up as, absolutely. listen, we are going in the wrong direction. A- abs- absolutely. So I do want to circle back to those relationship health things. That happened to me at Teradata. In my final months at Teradata, my wife came to me, and I'm sure I've shared this before on the stream or here, and she said, Josh, you're not as good of a father as you used to be, and the kids have brought it up. That I I it was consuming me. Yeah. And I would I, I didn't come home happy. Yep. And it started affecting my kids and my wife. And it, you know, she's like, dude, you gotta stop. Absolutely. So I was out the door, but at I didn't notice it because I was frustrated and I was comp- I probably was but complaining to you. But you're problem solving too. It's that same one of our one of our weakest links is that notion that we can fix it. Yeah. Right? That we can, it's a problem to be solved. We said it earlier. No, it's not a problem to be, we can, no, just let it go. May, now, again, we can contribute to an ascending improvement. Yeah. If you see sort of organic improvement, then hit your wagon to that. But no, yeah. I mean, but, I, w- I was, I but, don't talk about it ever on a Medicast, but I was divorced. Uh, I got divorced maybe 12 years into my career or something. Part of it was my workaholic nature. Mm-hmm. Part of it was, part of it was this crazy companies. And, yeah. and it's, I mean, we, again, it's that personal, it can take a personal toll. That's, that's one of the drivers for me walking nowadays, no matter where I'm at financially, is I'm trying to maintain some sense, like not let it – I mean, I'm screwed up enough in my personal life. I don't need a job yeah. to be like oppressing me mm-hmm. <laughs> to to accentuate what I'm doing. Yeah. I need to separate from that. And so part of that learning was that. But it was, it was too late. I was already divorced and stuff. So as I think back to Teradata, I was confused about why you left. Because I still had that I can fix it mentality and it's worth my time and energy. And my evolution over this past decade has been me saying no. 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 I'm not I'm I not looked at Gonzalo. Sure so I'll pick I on names. I looked at Gonzalo, so my and I don't remember every name, but who was who was the British guy who retired? 
um, that was the architect. Uh, Alex. Alex. Yeah. Alex was, uh, had a wonderful leadership position, et cetera, but had no courage mm-hmm. and wouldn't buck this. He, he, as long as his nest was good, he, he was happy. Uh, Gonzalo was a freaking maniac. Uh, what was her name? Kate, uh, or there was a project manager that I worked a lot with, who was doing traditional project management there mm-hmm. and trying to drive agile projects with traditional goals mm-hmm. and milestones. Yeah. And, and then they had the uh, the process. However, you yeah. know, the, the process, DRT. the uh, oh yeah. my god. <laughs> so there was so the combination of her and the process, and I was, and then oh, not only that, and the QA team was absolutely dysfunctional at the mm-hmm. time. Right, absolutely dysfunctional uh, and not integrated. And I was like, you know, that's a no-win situation. Right. But I hadn't learned how to optimize my energy, right? I was just, here's a problem. I'm going to go kill this thing. I'm going to go destroy it. I don't care what it, I didn't care what it did to me and my family. I was there. This was this big, hairy challenge and I was going to go make it happen. And I got a decent part of the way down that path and then it became not worth it. And you know, I learned. Th- and so that's what, that's what I've been doing along the way is understanding what's worth my time and energy and what's not and how to say, no, you, like I said, you were there and you were like, Nope, I'm out. I'm going to go somewhere else. I, I, when you left, I, I was like, why, why is Bob Lee? Like, I don't get it. Like we can but do this. We had different lenses, right? It's yeah. a different, yeah. the other thing I was just thinking of is there's this notion of systems thinking and I'm not blowing, but I think, I think if you're a practitioner, you think of more tactical problem thinking, mm-hmm. uh, over time, it wasn't just I need. I was there to solve what I was there as a scrum master. I was there as a coach. I was there to to solve the process stuff mm-hmm. or make it agile. Mm-hmm. That was my tactical. But I also looked at the organization. I yeah. couldn't help. So I I think one of the keys for people is is to to recognize this stuff is you have to have a systems thinking view. Mm-hmm. You have to look at the organization like as a it's it's an organic system. Right. So, so what did I just say? The QA, it's like, I have an arm that's has a virus in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gonzalo was the head (laughs) that that was a little bit schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. Uh, whatever her name was, the project manager process Lord was, uh, what the two feet and creating running and both legs were going in two different directions. Mm -hmm. And then I was sort of in the middle of this and it's like, can I fix this body? Right. Right. Now, if I looked at it, if I looked at the hand, if I said, oh, I, I just need to do the process one quarter at a time, well, th- then I can be more hopeful. Or yeah. Can, yeah. And, and I'm not, but it's, it's, I think the key for everyone is to look at the organization. Very often when we hear people on the Metacast or I'm sure the stream, you and I are not reacting to this little thing. We're trying to sense the system that they're mm-hmm. in, the organizational system. And that's what we're reacting to. It's like, oh, you know, it's like I, I get shivers up my spine. I'm like, and it's not even the baggage. I'm, I'm assessing their system and I'm like, boy, that's going to be really hard for you to sort of move that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our Metacasters, I think, works at a very large financial firm. And so size comes into, when I say systems modeling, mm-hmm. it, the, the, the success may not even be, so I'm in a, I'm in a one area, you know, I'm in North Carolina at an office with 5,000 people and that's where I'm working, but it's a multinational financial firm with a hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's homed in Germany or it's home, whatever. Yeah. That, that system is going to be incredibly challenging to move. Right. 
right? I cannot just simply, no matter what I do with my, my local system, I'm still sort of subservient to the, the overall global system, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've gotten to be better systems thinking. I mean, just as a, a person, as a leader, yeah, just organizationally, experience, right? experience, yeah. it's experience yeah. helps with that. It was, um, I, you know, I knew what I knew and I hadn't stubbed my toe against things yet. And, and, and it was opportunities where I had to create the system and I was empowered to optimize the system and grow the system and make mistakes. You know, you know one thing I, I've, and I'm, this is something I've been bad at. I think I've slammed millennials. You've heard me do it on the Metacast occasionally. Yeah, Not slam them strongly, but, but talk differentially to about millennials. You know, screw that. One of the things that millennials I think are good at, and I'm, I know I'm generalizing, is if they're in a bad system, they say screw it and yeah. they move on. Right, yeah. Right? They, I mean, yeah. you're closer to millennials than I am. I yeah. haven't led millennials. But it's like if they detect, they, they, there's a no BS detection, right? If well, it, it goes back to, I think we talked about this on the last episode, of just things are different now. A, a, the, People are aware of the opportunities that are out there. Right. Think about when you needed to find a job. I can remember the first time that I needed to find a job, my parents said, get the newspaper, look in the ads for jobs. <laughs> exactly. And find one that works. Exactly. Don't, don't that make you feel old, John? Yeah. yeah. Not, hey, here's 50 aggregators of jobs that might suit you where you can put in the perfect criteria to find you around you and distance and everything you ever want and, to know. And you have a network, too. Yeah. Of- and and there's a network and they have a website that talks about their values yeah. and what they do and how yep. they affect the community and all that. Just the information is available that they know no other way than – Holy crap, I can look around and there's 50 different options. If I want to do this job, there's a thousand companies in a 50 mile radius that I could go work for. One but, of them has But if to be a better. millennial with less experience can show the backbone mm-hmm. to get up and to move on, then I, I would argue that anyone can do that, right? I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, they have children, yeah. they have responsibilities, they have student loans, right. they have, right, they're not fearless. Yeah. They have fear, mm-hmm. but they also have this sort of millennial sort of view of, I'm not going to put up with bullshit. Yeah. Right? Well, it's the old mentality. Again, where I grew up, you went and worked somewhere for 30 years, and that was it. And you probably complained for 25 out of those 30 years, but that was your job. Yeah. And you were there, and there weren't that many other options. But now it's different. Thank the heavens. So, Metacasters, I think this is the... Tough medicine episode that's a follow-on to the last one. You need to I, – I don't want to – again, there's a lot of bad leadership, and you can work with those folks, and you can get coaches to those folks, and you can get the Bob and Josh show, and there's there's things that you can poke at, and some of that can maybe be positive. But if you're in a bad situation right now, I want you to you know, stop the Metacast, get up out of your chair, and get the hell out of there. And have some sort of courage to, and figure out, you know, or have the have the hope or the conviction that if you have chops, you can go, you can mm-hmm. get a role, yeah. you can get a position. If you don't, then get up out of the chair and go go to school or get some training or go to networking or get a mentor or something. And that's your that's your number one priority. And go get refine your skills for three months and then get the hell out of there or whatever. Yeah. But it's and and just. 
Like look, look behind you at your backbone and activate your spine. I think too. Is that too harsh? Was that? Uh, I was going to take the slightly more positive approach. Would you please? Of you can do it. Right there's there there's nothing stopping you if you are willing to be listening to a podcast like this. That's true. You, you have right. everything you need to go make this happen. Josh just, Way of Sunshine just Anderson. Go freaking do it. This agile space. I I agree with you. I'm, part of my incredulous <laughs> incredulousness is why are people sitting there? Like if you have agile chops, mm-hmm. I mean, you can almost write your ticket nowadays, yep. right? If you have, you know, if you're sort of a, a moderate designer, coder, whatever, you can. I mean, there's there's a technology gap mm-hmm. in in skills and jobs. It's like get up and do something. I, I would I would buy what you're saying. Yeah, right. It's just you can do it. Uh, it's just that it's like light that light that spark and stop trying to fix other. So. Maybe we wrap it this way. Mm-hmm. Don't fix other people. Fix you. You can't fix leaders. You can't fix orgs. What you can fix is you and what you're doing. Yeah, that that goes to focus on the things you can change. Yeah, and not the things that you can't. Yes, you might be able to change that leader over a thirty year period, but do you want to spend your career doing that? And if I you and if you yeah. call us, call us early and 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 then, but be prepared. So don't, don't, but don't look, what I'm saying, don't look for something else. Don't look for divine intervention. Yep. You can do it. Yep, absolutely. All right. From okay. beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Take care, y'all.